The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Welcome to Straight Talk, Clear Decisions with Rick Saylor and co-host Eric Hamburg. As an investor, you should know what you're buying and what you're really holding. We'll demystify investing and lay it all out for you in easy-to-understand terms. Now, here's Rick and Eric. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. And we are your transparent, no-nonsense wealth management hosts. Welcome to our show. And a happy Friday to you. Happy Froggy Friday to you. And on the uh, just preceding the Labor Day weekend. Yeah, a nice little extended weekend and maybe a, a super extended for some of you who took a vacation early. You know what? I uh, This usually signifies the end of summer. I'm not ready for it to be over. And and uh, we're here in the Midwest, of course, and I know you're all over the place, so all, all of our wonderful listeners out there, and we appreciate you. Um, we're getting some warm weather. I mean, seriously warm weather here. The rains dried up about three and a half weeks ago, which is a typical August, mm-hmm. you know, but it came late this year. It's been a well-watered year. The temperatures have been moderate. I think it's been pretty, actually cooler than normal. It has. It was like fall-like temperatures about the two weeks ago. last week has been like 90 degrees every 90 day. 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we get for living here. Grass is turning green. My neighbors, you know, I got this little code in the neighborhood I got to live by. You know, the grass is supposed to be a certain hue of green, and mine's a, a lovely color of brown. <laughs> but uh, we've been spending a lot of time at the lake house that uh, my wife and I got last year and, you know, loving it up there. So Enjoying the water. That's it. And the grass is green up there, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> grass is green on one side. <laughs> well, you know, this a uh, lot of things going on. We're going to be talking about some interesting perspective in the market today uh and i guess you know the the theme of the doom and gloom of the media in regards to retirement retirement planning uh, and we know that the psych- psychologically everybody wants to hear more about how many planes crashed than the ones that safely landed that's right it just doesn't print you know it doesn't sell papers it doesn't sell you know, excitement and everything else. So it's that fear. And there's also something we'll talk about is the psychology of investing that, you know, a lot of uh, analysts and, and I guess experts say that the element of fear is two times stronger than the element of greed. And it may even be stronger than that. So there is a tendency that to react on what you hear every day. And, you know, that's why we want to separate the facts from the feelings. You know, it's shown that, you know, we typically remember the bad things that have happened in the past. Or I should say remember, it sticks with us longer, the things that happened bad, not necessarily the good things that happened in the past. And that can either help you or hurt you. And in this case, specifically in our, our economy, this volatile market, everybody just keeps going right back to 2008. You know, and I think that's the kind of the gist of our show is, are the fundamentals really deteriorating that bad here in the United States that should be causing this sort of correction and this sort of volatility. Sure, that's justified. And we're going to dispel some of that hopefully today because uh, we're in the group in camp that says no. Mm -hmm. But we were also, we got to say that, uh, you know, in 2008, we 
had said we thought that that was coming, that it was likely because we were looking at demographics. And the majority of the market was saying no. Mm -hmm. It was completely not on their radar. So now that they are saying, oh, it's 2008 all over again, we're saying, no, we don't think so. <laughs> we're not contrarian just for the sake of being contrarians. We're just, again, looking and focusing on the facts. So it's interesting. Uh, we should bring that up because, of course, the things we'll discuss today are merely for your educa uh, education and education, education. and edification. <laughs> You know, so in, in entertainment value. So um, these are our opinions. They're not opinions of our broker dealer. Uh, and we are both registered as a registered investment advisory as well as under a broker dealer, uh, National Planning Corporation. Uh, Corporation out of Santa Monica, California. Uh, and of course, anything today does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Should always consult with qualified financial, legal, or tax or real estate professionals prior to taking any. Action. Of course, when we talk about demographics, it does have that feel like we're trying to predict the future, but the reality is nobody has a crystal ball. But it's uncanny how accurate that's been. And if you go onto our website at uh, www.straighttalkcleardecisions.com, you can see a lot of articles that are available there, a lot of information, and one of them is on the demographics. And I think if you miss that piece, you miss a lot. because. Mm -hmm little company called Procter & Gamble seems to think that that's an important piece. Little company. Little. One of the... Now, the rest of our industry doesn't seem to think that's so important, or they don't... I don't think it's... A, I think it's a tool that's just not uh, easily applied. Yeah, I think a lot of companies and people look at... I mean, daily, day-to-day, -day, you, you're looking at demographics. You know, what do people do on a day-to-day -day basis and which age group? Maybe they just don't feel it's that important that that it's that big of a market mover in reality we believe you know it's a it's a picture well, it's of the it's masses. A macro it's a macro too so i want to see the ten thousand foot view of the market and basically from this i want to determine you know i want to know the particulars about who the peak spenders are and what's the biggest economy that drives the world economies well we can say from that we know that you know it's the united states is the biggest country the biggest economy is the european common union um, and 46-year-olds are the peak spenders in America. And the number one drivers, the building and buying of houses, and the number two is the building and buying of cars. And these are just simply you know, the Bureau of Economic Analysis that says, you know, 70.5% or so of our GDP, gross domestic product, is consumptive spending. So that's why it's so important. And the number one and number two items create more jobs. That's right, and that's and that's why we feel this this the the speculation is the Fed going to raise rates or not. That's why it is a very big issue because when we stop taking out loans and we stop buying things and extending credit, that has a direct impact on our economy. So if we dry that up too quickly and we don't have the the growth of the stamina to keep it going in a rising interest rate environment, that's exactly what the Fed does not want to do when they start raising rates. And I and I think that's what they people say. Well, you know, here we are, ten plus years, Eric, at essentially a zero interest rate, which A, is the first time it's ever happened in this country, and B, the longest time we've ever been down this long. You know, you go we'll take a little step back in history, the historical norm on the Fed rate is about 4.5%. We are a light year quantum distance from that. Point, we're at point point two five, And actually, you know, in some cases below that. But the reality is we are living, in our opinion, the 1930s all over again was stimulus. 
That's what it looks like, you know, from a market standpoint. So you don't see the soup lines. You don't see the those kinds of things you saw in the Great Depression. But the reality is it really is still going on now. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who say, hey, we shouldn't have spent that kind of money. Um, you know, what we averted was a 1929 style sell off, in our opinion. Now you got to look toward the future and say, hey, the good news is, you know, well, the reality is we're losing peak spenders every day. We've been losing them every day as they age forward because the demographic train has moved forward. It's left the station. So every year since uh, we peaked around 2004, mm-hmm. where we had more 46-year-olds, it was the tail end. And this is the group, remember, born between essentially 1932 and 1964. It's 92 million. So if you lay that down like a train, it's just a good visual, the engine of the train is turning 83 this year. The caboose is turning 51. So what's that tell you? Five, six years ago, we left the station. Yep. Five more years till the bottom. Then the, the trend turns up in the year 2022. And your generation, the millennials, start turning 46 again. Now, it's our opinion, utilizing the, the work of H.S. Dent, who's a well-recognized and published individual on the subject, that as a trend that we most likely are not going to see global growth on a scale that even paralleled the last 20 some years with the baby boom generation until that happens again. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, you're going to want to pay attention to paranormal markets and how that these things don't operate. We're in the twilight zone. So that's why the markets get jerked around. Somebody says, Hey, you know, how'd you do last Monday when the 1100 point drop happened? And we said, you know, we realized a lot of the Wall Street's on vacation because better than half of those trades were driven by computers. And we speculate, or when we say we, we surmise that from that because more than half of them in the initial trades were odd lots and humans trade in even lots. Yep. And odd lots, when we refer to odd lots, that means there was 117 shares bought or sold or 2,134 shares sold. You know, even lots typically end in zero. So we're buying 10 shares, 20 shares, 1,000 shares, 300 shares, And that's the way humans tend to buy. Correct. So we know that. We know not till after Labor Day to the, does Wall Street really come back uh, because they get ready for the fall and, you know, September and October are always interesting months in the market. Yes. You know, so we're seeing some pullback and, you know, again, we'll talk a little bit more on separating the fear from the facts, um, you know, as far as, uh, as far as we see that. So, you know, you hear some headlines and, and again, I think this is a good idea, Eric, we're, we're a huge proponent of the holistic model. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, it just means let's not, let's be aware that humans have self-interest. So that certainly goes into our industry. So if somebody is saying, Hey, I am only this, or I'm only that, you know, be aware of how they get paid because they're going to tend to tell you just like you go to a doctor and a doctor says, hey, we need to cut. Might want to get a second opinion because mm-hmm. you know they're not making money unless they're cutting. Now, one of my friends, I won't mention him, just had knee surgery and he has a very well-renowned and known doctor who I also won't mention his name in the Cincinnati area. Uh, but if you watch professional sports, you would know his name and... He had this surgery, and my buddy regrets that he had the surgery. He wishes he had exhausted all the natural means. So, again, that's an example of, you know, think before you jump. You know, what they say, the old carpenter rule, 
which I grew up in uh, high school doing that. My family was in that said, you know, measure twice and cut once. There you go. Because, uh, you know, like the guy who said, hey, I've, I've cut this board three times now and it's still too short. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, once you do that, any. some of this stuff is irreversible, right? That's right. So when we think about this, you know, what we want to do from a holistic standpoint is think about when you're working with somebody, work with somebody who is both fee-based and commission-based. Just they can't, we can't be that at the same time on the same dollar. Now, what does that do? In our opinion, it mitigates the conflict of interest. We're looking at the problem. We're going to find that, and we want to look for the solution. And you should see transparent wealth management. You should know what you're buying, what you're paying for, it, and what it's going to do for you. Yep. The second pillar is taxes. So both tax planning and preparation. Rick and I, we don't participate in the tax business. We partner with CPAs in our area. Um, for the, you know, the preparation is mandatory. Everybody has to file some sort of return. The planning is the optional piece. That's, that's what takes a little bit of time and effort both on your side and the, and the tax preparer's side because they could go back up to three years, see how you filed a return, make sure there weren't any mistakes. And if there were mistakes, maybe they can amend it and get you some money back. But if they can't, you now know going forward not to hopefully step on that same landmine. And, you know, with investments and Medicare and all this insurance, now it's all affecting people's tax bills going forward. And at the end of the day, it's about your net number, not necessarily your gross number. You know, the third area is important is risk management in a world of insurance. Uh, there's a lot of risk out there. We're going to talk about some of those again today. But I think about having a, a, the right amount of coverage for you for your particular situation and paying a fair price for it. You know, I, I get this shopped about every two or three years because, you know, say in the world of property and casualty, hey, you know, uh, my car insurance, my house insurance, maybe I didn't have a claim, but everybody around me did. And so, the, and maybe it just happens the claims ratio was bad with one company. Mm -hmm. So you pay attention to that. Or should be, you know, maybe could be reducing it. So I look, we have partners. There's not enough hours in the day, even though we carry licenses and try to, we quarterback this whole thing and coordinate it. But um, you think about this in terms of like, okay, uh, how about life insurance? Do you, do you have too much or do you not have enough? Uh, Long-term care coverage. If you're a baby boomer, you're not paying attention to this, you need to wake up. Mm -hmm. The train's hitting the station. And if you think costs are going down in Obamacare or whatever, Affordable Care Act, or now they call it the uh, Supreme Court, now it's called the... What is it? Isn't it a Soto? Soto, the Soto Care, right? Supreme... Uh, SCOTUS. 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 There you go. SCOTUS yeah, Care. something like that. You know, so uh, if you think that's going to save you, you're probably going to be badly mistaken, and you may be grossly underestimating the amount of money you're going to need. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the right coverages, um, I look at, you know, uh, uh, again, traditional long-term care, disability, all those other things. We have partners that do that. Yep. The last pillar is estate planning and elder law. So we partner with both estate planning attorneys and elder law attorneys that can help uh, create that estate plan that your loved ones, they're going to receive the majority of your wealth because, you know, face it, you've, you've created your legacy. You've grown your assets. You've worked. You've worked hard for it. The last thing you want to do but, um, is see the court system or hospitals or attorneys get a good chunk of your money simply because you did not do the correct amount of estate planning. And so the, our estate planning and elder law attorneys take care of that. So the summary of an end-to-end process, and if uh, we certainly don't provide all these services, we're not attorneys, we're not tax professionals, we partner with people who do that, mm -hmm. you know, proactively as opposed to reactively. Uh, you know, now this topic, 
Is the media's doom and gloom sabotaging your retirement and strategies to remain focused? So check out some of these headlines. How about the retirement crisis is real and getting worse? Or how about, Rick, blind faith in dollar will lead world to financial Armageddon? Ooh, I like that one. That's scary. Warning, stocks will collapse by 50%. <laughs> the debt bomb is going to explode. Market crash of 2015. Or the end of the world of finance as we know it. Now, that's got to be my favorite. Very definitive, very doom and gloom. This is, I, I think we just need to head for the hills. I mean, we could have we read on and on and on all the different articles and everything. That's, everybody's talking about this world ending But right the now. reality is these kind of headlines, Eric, can cloud your judgment, force you to act emotionally or out of fear versus the facts. That's right. They get your attention. So, the, you know, here's our opinion. The vast majority of what you're hearing here is simply hype and it's sensationalism. If they don't do this, they don't get your attention. They, that's correct. You know, think about why the media and marketers get paid. They get paid to attract your attention. So we're going to talk today about what's true and what's hype. We're going to separate those two. So some of the things here is a quick overview. You probably read it in the, uh, in the summary here if you got that via email. Here's five things here. Well, first of all, you know, talking about how that the media can sabotage uh, your retirement and, um, and kind of being aware of that. You know, as emotional creatures, Eric, we tend to get very happy when the market's up and very scared when the markets go down. Now, what that tends to do is causes us to buy high or sell low, which is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Now, that came from Rick Eidelman, who's one of our financial uh, guys in our industry. And the reality is, you know, that's the exact opposite of what we know logically we should be doing. So, you know, um, you know, half of Americans, they're sitting on cash right now, Rick. They're still shell shocks from 2008. They're afraid to get back in the market. Meanwhile, the market has doubled in value since 2008. And, you know, it's not that there aren't um, risks. Cri- risks involved. But if or, and we can't say, we got to say this, and no past performance is any promise or guarantee of future results. So mm-hmm. we know historical elements, you know, come into play here. But, you know, you got to track this on your circumstance. Look, you're, you're 5, 10, 15, 20 years away. But the best time to be looking at that, to, to chart and recorrect your course, you know, is early, not later, because it becomes, the corrections become much more severe. Now, you know, one of the things to consider, or we're going to talk about a lot of things to consider here, but I think the five things that uh, we're going to talk about today, the key risks are number one, longevity, number two, market performance, number three, withdrawal rate, uh, the rate at which you're pulling money out, number four, inflation, and number five, long-term care. So this is going to be a great show. You're going to get hopefully a lot of takeaway and get a lot of fact and separate the, the wheat from the chaff, as they say. Well, be sure and call us here if you have a question today. We can answer it live in our last segment at 866-472-5790. That was easy. 866-472-5790. If you'd rather send that to us, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. 
hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate, and without, well, don't worry about it, the government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Vic Sailor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend down into the veterans benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living and at the end of her life two years later it was over $8,000. The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me, the premiums can never go up, and oh yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die, if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Vic Sailor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Straight Talk, Clear Decisions Radio Show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Well, Eric, we're on this topic of, you know, keeping the doom and gloom in, in perspective, basically. The media hypes this. They do it for, with an agenda. They're trying to sell print trying to sell papers, they're trying to sell whatever, to grab your attention. And understand the psychology, our own psychology, that we respond or react, and irrationally probably so, much stronger to fear than we do to greed. Yeah. And those are both things, they're elements that every human has within us. It is. You know, but what, what is sometimes lost in the media and in this, in this discussion is that this isn't the first time that the economy has struggled. Retirees have faced you know, numerous challenges in every generation, and it can be helpful to keep this reality in mind. And that's the point we're here. This isn't going to be the first crash. This isn't going to be the last crash. This isn't going to be the last correction. It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. You're not going to predict to a certainty every single time when it does. But at least if you know you're in the correct risk return kind of um, place, you can withstand a 10% correction. If you're all stock, well, yeah, you better be able to you know, better be able to ride a roller coaster and be able to sleep at night. And if not, these crashes they come back and say, "Hey, get back in line. Do not take on more risk because you think the government's going to keep stepping in and keep stimulating our economy." And here's what the thing we I've heard now. I'm 32 years in this, and between us, about 40 years of experience. And I think one of the things we hear is, you know, well, how come you know we didn't take advantage of that that drop? Well, we know that a week ago Monday when the Dow dropped 1,100 points in the first few minutes of trading, and it almost traded back to where it was, it started by noon. 
you know, we said, hey, you know, people didn't lose their lunch, but most likely lose their breakfast, yeah. lost their breakfast and that. But I mean, we knew we had things on our radar. We were looking to buy. We had difficulty even buying what we targeted to buy. Yeah, and, and Because all- Wall Street has spent hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, to trade nanoseconds ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to do that. But again, you know, market timing, nobody's ever done that successfully consistently. No. You know, this, this is fodder. Even we look at all the feeds we get, and we probably have at least six or seven different feeds we get we read on a regular basis. And even with all that data and that information, you know, uh, it's still, and we're getting opposing views. We don't want to mm-hmm. have somebody just singing, singing it, to the choir. And it's when these, these big swings happen, this volatility strikes, it is very hard to, to react in a good manner. If you don't have that plan in place before, make sure your eggs are in line before this crisis happens because when it does happen, you're ready to execute. If you don't understand why it's why it's falling or why you should buy or why you should sell and you're trying to react when the market's down, you know, 4 or 5%, it's going to be very hard to get a good buy-in or get a get a good sell-in because you don't really know the true value. What's really happening? What's going on? And so here's here's kind of a thing. We were talking about demographics in the first segment. And again, it's not on a crystal ball, but it's been fairly effective for us. As a tool, is a macro tool, not a micro trading tool. But if I realize one of three things, there's one of three scenarios, what type of market we're in. We're either in a bull market where the market is going up, and they measure that in terms of rates of return overall in the market. We've been essentially in the last six and a half years until the correction, without a correction, one of the longest bear, bull markets, rather, in the history of the market, which was, I think it was number three mm-hmm. in line. And then we saw in 10% down is considered a correction, 20% is considered down is considered a, a bear market. Mm-hmm. We're not in that territory, but certainly in correction territory. Now, inside of the bigger picture, we are, we've gone in, essentially, as the Fed came off of stimulus last year, stopped printing money that was buying bonds. Now we're just on zero interest rate and can't seem to get off of it. But I look at this and I say, we, we view that we're in a seesaw market. So your strategy would be adjusted. And if you're, depending on what your advisor sees, you know, they may be reading that wrong. Now, we, don't, we can't say that we have a corner on the market. What I can say is that, look, if we're minus peak spenders here in the United States and we are the biggest consumptive nation, we see that China and Europe is in contraction, you know, or, yeah, overall. I mean, you see Germany and in, in, in England doing well, but overall the European Common Union mm-hmm. is, is kind of in contraction. That's why they're on stimulus. Then it stands to reason the tide's not going to go up. So there's very little margin, and so maybe you might want to consider, this is not a recommendation, but maybe you want to consider solid holdings and things that people have to have that are high dividend pairs. We call them durable investments, durable income, whatever you want to call it. You know, in good markets, bad markets, we as humans, at least in the U.S., we need to do certain things. We need to buy certain things. We've got to get in our car. We've got to drive. We need gas. We have, you know, as a baby boom generation, the biggest wave, they're getting older. Their health isn't necessarily in, they're, they're not getting in better health every day. Pharmaceuticals, drugs are going to be a place. As well as the services. And we have to eat food. You know, grocery stores, there's a reason Kroger has increased its dividend. I don't know the number. It was, it's a crazy amount of time straight. It's not because Kroger is doing exceedingly well, which they are, but it's because we got to eat. And if 
you know, if times get bad, we want our food to last longer. We don't need to go to that five-star restaurant and pay 200 bucks for dinner. We'll go spend 200 bucks at the grocery store and make it last two weeks. So, and then you round that out with gas and retail. Yep. So good in bad times and better in bad better times. times. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of the core and the crux of what we look at. Now, you may want to catch our class. We've got a class coming up here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be available by limited, uh, what I'm going to say, seating available. Yeah, by WebEx. By WebEx there. Um, and if you, again, you want to view that, what is that, the 17th and the 19th? That's the, no, it's the 15th and 17th. 15th and 17th. Tuesday September. the 15th and Thursday the 17th. Tuesday is at 12. 30. Or, or, no, I'm sorry. Tuesday is at 6 is the alternatives class. And then Thursday is at 1230. Yeah, bond alternatives and we got durable income. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, we've got four different speakers in that. So that would be something if you really are, if you look at parts of your portfolio that are dysfunctional, um, that, you know, the bonds, the cash, whatever, great alternatives there. Um, and, and we have to mention that it may not be suitable for all investors. And you may not be able to qualify to get into these, but uh, it's certainly worth a listen. Just shoot us an email at info at straighttalkcleardecision.com and say you want to be in on that class. Because, again, we have limited availability for the people that can get in on the computer classes uh, to view that WebEx. And it's only an hour long, yep. you know, but uh, it would be a great class in two different times you know, that yeah, you, so, can, you so, can catch up. So email us info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. We just need your name and your email, and we can get you the information. So here's one of the things you were missing. You know, this is – let's put this doom and gloom in perspective. You know, the reality, we've heard some of this, one of the lines that we've heard recently, the baby boom may end with a whimper. And Chris Kahn wrote that. Mm -hmm. He's a bank rate analyst. He said, and there was a study here for, um, that was done from bankrate.com. And they said, baby boomers may be leaving the workforce at the worst time in a generation or more. Now, the study finds that today's low yields on, quote unquote, safe investments like bank deposits, bonds, and insurance products may not be enough to provide income for boomers who are expected to, to bust longevity records. So we're going to live longer lives. The shift from pensions to employee-funded 401ks and those type of accounts further leave us less protected than our, the parents or grandparents. So let's look at a little perspective here, can we? I think we can. In the first place, there have been scarier times for Americans to retire. So for example, how about before 1940... When there was no Social Security. Or in 1960, the life expectancy for women was 73, and for men it was 66. So actually it made the system quite viable, didn't it? It did. Because they were dying before they got the benefits. So while retirement may have been sweet, it was short. But until the landmark retirement legislation passed in 1974, companies that often regarded decades of loyalty before benefits were guaranteed were frequently laid off just before they were eligible to collect. Those dirty dogs. Yeah. In 1980, retirees may have had nice yields, but now we're facing, you know, and they, but they were facing a 13.6% inflation rate. So, you know, the point is, it's not really the worst time in history to retire or even the worst economy to retire in. Mm-hmm. But there are realities, you know, that you got to face. And what a few of those, Eric? You know, some of these realities, obviously, we have, we have challenges ahead of us. Don't get us wrong. You know, the rising cost of health care is huge. The recent stock market volatility, threat of inflation coming in the future, potential tax increases. I mean, the list we could keep talking and talking and talking. This has happened before. You know, 
But, Rick, there are two very positive points that we'd also still like to remind you of. And I like being a good cop. So (laughs) previous generations have faced their own challenges and have found a way to overcome them. So, you know, the media hysteria has gotten greater just because we live in a 24-7 media environment. But it may seem like the end of the world, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. And a second one I would say and reference uh, most importantly, is if you take action now, which we keep reiterating on this this uh, this show, is to know the risk ahead of time, know where you're at, and be able to chart, you know, a, a course of correction. Because if you take action, you absolutely can re- achieve your retirement dreams in today's environment. Now, that's not a guarantee, but you can see what's up ahead, anticipate what's ahead, and chart a different course to correct it. Yep. You, you can only do that, though, Rick, is if you have a plan in place ahead of time. So the bottom line is, I would say, Eric, spend less time worrying about the difficult economy and more time working on your plan and the life you've been dreaming of. Because actually, that's what a good, competent financial advisor will do for you, was help you ideal, realize your ideal life mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. And again, uh, it's priceless when it you know, when it's done well. So we've got some uh, five items here that we want to touch on in today's show, and we mentioned them before. Let's start with the first one, longevity. Longevity, well, first off, what longevity is, what it means in retirement is this is the average lifespans are increasing and your retirement savings may need to last longer than expected. With the addition of our um, uh, pharmaceutical world, you know, we're creating medicine to make us, la- or make us live longer lives. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. You know, not that we're enjoying that longer life, but we are living longer lives. And if we're living longer lives, we're going to need potentially care for a longer period of time. And if you haven't planned for longevity, you know, this could be one of the biggest bubbles that could burst your retirement. Well, that's true. And it could be a big surprise. So, you, you know, first of all, you're shifting from a paycheck to a playcheck. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, of saving and putting money back the way you were, then you start to draw and receive money off that. Question is, which according to a Gallup poll last spring in April, 69% of baby boomers, their biggest concern was the fear that they were going to outlive their, their assets and not be able to sustain that. So longevity is certainly important, and we call that, you know, managing longevity risk. Now, we're not going to get completely into to the depth, the in-depth solutions here. But one of the things is, is let's give you a simple one. You can't draw more than what your portfolio is making. So if I'm looking at dividends, now there's two things to look at a portfolio. You look at the capital appreciation or depreciation, whatever the case may be. And then you look at, so it could be up or down, but then you have the income, the dividends off those holdings that it's producing. So Eric, if I want that idea that I'm just going to live on the goose not eat the goose, but live on the golden eggs, mm-hmm. so to speak. That's kind of that concept. I'm just living on the interest. Correct. So it's not that I'm not concerned about the fluctuation in the portfolio, but I'm not selling today. And even if it drops a little bit, I'm not selling. Yep. And, you know, one of the things with interest is that interest, especially if it's, if it's in the stock market, it can change. It's not guaranteed, and it could go away. So you definitely have to pay attention. It's not going to be a fixed interest check like you did if you owned a CD. Those interests, those dividends, those yields can fluctuate and do fluctuate. So this one we've been talking about, you've heard a lot about, is that you know the market performance. Well, the reality is, and Eric quoted this at the beginning of the show from Rick Eidelman, that what uh, the market has doubled since 2008, 
And, and there was a massive amount of money sitting in crash on the sidelines because people out here in the real world do have a sense that this market is not right. You know, we're living, they get that sense that, hey, we are living in the 1930s mm-hmm. on, you know, the steroid called stimulus. So it's a paranormal market, but it, again, not knowing the facts, not working with somebody who's really tracking this well, can leave you on the sidelines. And, and you, I can almost guarantee this, inflation's going up. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting 0.12 or 0.25 at the bank and inflation is 2 3 4%, you are absolutely going to get crushed. That's financial suicide on the installment plan. That's what we like to say. So the number third one is the withdrawal rate. Now, look at market performance. Now, one of the worst things that could happen, Eric, is in a down market that you're also pulling off of that. Mm-hmm. We've seen scenarios and studies done over the last whatever period of time, and they, over a 30-year period, I believe, in retirement, and they said, you can have three down years, but if you have those three down years when you initially retire and you're drawing income and you're eating the goose, meaning you're selling shares, not living just on dividends, then we've never seen a portfolio recover from that in any of those scenarios, have we? No. That I recall. So again, looking at market performance, now you've probably heard stocks are too high, they're overpriced. You know, we're not in that camp. Price-to-earnings ratios are one indication, but not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. They're not high and they're not low. They're about 16 times earnings. And maybe actually with this pullback, is a little bit below that. So if you get in single digits, then the market perceives that as a value and it's quote-unquote on sale. That, I can't really uh, make that as a guarantee. If it's in the 20s, you know, then it's high. It's- so we're kind of in the middle. But again, staying in the market... You know, staying in in necessity-based stuff is going to help you most likely get to the finish line, you know, intact and not outlive your money. Now, one of the things that uh, I would be derelict to not mention, you may not know what your current situation is, and I'm going to tell you, take advantage. We are offering absolutely complimentary to you a risk return analysis. So if you have not seen that from your current advisor, yeah, you're going to have to share a little bit of information with us, and it's discreet, but we're going to give you access. That's a $500 value. Yep, absolutely. We normally charge to do that, and we'll give that to you because we feel like it's important to see, and we'll tell you what's broken. Hopefully, we'd like to be part of the solution. So we're going to continue on in the last segment with a couple more very important points, inflation and long-term care. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your Straight Talk Money host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veterans' benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8000 The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? 
I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me. The premiums can never go up. And oh yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate and without, well, don't worry about it, the government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. Joy it brings. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions Radio Show with your no nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Eric, you know, giving folks the straight story on the media hype, the doom and gloom, you know, and charting a course that's better, stay focused on the on the goal. Now, we're not by any means trying to say, you know, hey, there aren't real risks out there. And I'm not going to say that it's easy to hold through the volatile swings that we're seeing right now that are being orchestrated by Wall Street. Um, I tend to say this, you know, if you see a market, let's just think of this in human terms. So you're a Wall Street trader. Your bonuses are going to be determined on the amount of money you make in the portfolio for your firm. And the market's trading sideways. So we were up, what, flat to 1%. Mm -hmm. NASDAQ, you know, indexes you can't directly invest into, but maybe a hand, you know, what, four or five percent. And the Dow may be down. And so Wall Street, in its attempt to create the space that doesn't exist in the market, has to create some fear and volatility. So they sell off either by themselves, you know, orchestrating it or by computer programs and algorithms are called. And it actually creates a 10 percent correction. So now there you have it. Their bonuses are intact if they can get enough people to sell. And then, of course, they turn around and buy back. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a nice story. <laughs> Not one that really that I'm going to try to play. Mm -hmm. We can't play that game. They're moving too fast for us. It's not, it's, not our, it's not our deal to control. So, again, I would say from a risk-reward relationship, I think it's very important. I would say imperative to understand the risks that you're taking in order to achieve the rate of return. Now, don't benchmark your portfolio to the S&P 500 unless you're investing in all stocks. And by the way, you probably, we just interrupted you on the way to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Now, who invests in 100% stocks? And if you're that kind of, then that's an appropriate benchmark. If you're investing, you say, hey, I can handle this much risk, so I want to buffer that. You know, a moderate portfolio typically is about a 60% stock holding and about 40% bonds or cash. Now, you may wonder, are bonds and cash functional? Well, 
we, we would put them in the category of dysfunctional mm-hmm. because we know when interest rates eventually do go up, although the probability in a September increase is looking less and less likely. And I think part of the sell-off today is to send that message because we were tracking, again, data points. So one of our feeds was saying, you know, this week was jobs week. We saw the ADP report. We saw the unemployment report. Well, the BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics, came out with a number of 170 new jobs created. Well, that fell within the, and what was the unemployment rate was, or the rate of growth was 2.2%. The wage increase year over year, year, over year. was 2.2. And then we also saw unemployment, the U3 number, which is distorted, but let's just toss that out, at 5.1. Yep. So that was the just right scenario, what we call Goldilocks. The market, I don't think, wants to see an interest rate increase because they like free money. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> so I think this is part of what we're seeing today. Now, there's a lot of good data points. You know, we're looking, and we need, if you get our e-newsletter, if you're not getting that, you should be getting that. You're missing something. Yeah, go to our website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com on the left-hand side. I believe it's left-hand side in the top left corner. You can... Uh, put your name and email address, and we'll add you right to the weekly e-newsletter. It's we free, send and, out. You, and anytime you don't want it, you just click unsubscribe. We can never send it back to you. Yep. We're not going to bug you. Um, that's not what we're about. We're, we're about helping people see the lights and uh, hopefully be part of the solution. But, you know, again, as we look at this market volatility, you know, certainly market performance is crucial. You want to at least be beating inflation. Uh, but the, you know, the withdrawal rate can be compound. So for example, you've probably heard this phrase, dollar cost averaging. Well, let me paint a picture if I can. Let's say, well, I'll give you an example of a story and I won't mention their names because these are real life people. Um, but in the nineties, these folks were not clients of ours. Um, and he was in building and they, they experienced a pretty good portfolio boost. And by the time they retired, they had about $2 million. You know, they went through the market correction. We were not their advisor. And they were drawing about, you've heard the prudent rate of withdrawal is about 4%. Now, we're going to say that may or may not be prudent. That may be too aggressive or it may not be friendly enough to you. It depends on what your portfolio is producing. Mm-hmm. And that can change from year to year or even quarter to quarter. So in this particular case, let's call them Bill and Sandy. So... Their portfolio experienced a pretty significant reduction. They were drawing about $40,000 a year off. Well, that was good when they had $2 million. Mm-hmm. When a bad withdrawal rate, because that was about 2%. Yep. So then we see the, the shakeout in 2001, and they experienced a significant loss, um, and they continued to draw $40,000 a year. Now, by the time we saw them in 2006... They were down to 800 and some thousand, and their question was, are we going to outlive our money? Which is, again, a baby boomer concern. So I said, if you don't change what you're doing, you're going to be living with your kids. Do you want to do that? Well, absolutely not. Well, this began, I said, I can work with you as long as you take the medicine. You do the therapy that I'm going to recommend to you. Well, we implemented tools that would give them durable income, would actually help them against themselves, because what I found is... The meetings turned in over that next year more counseling sessions than it was advisory sessions. And she, you know, Jill would say, hey, you know, Bill's spending on this, he's spending on that. And he'd say, well, you're spending on this and you're spending on that. And we're spending on the grandkids going to private schools. I said, you know, this doesn't look like it's going to work. Well, after a year, we found out 
it wasn't working. <laughs> Bill and I were in agreement. Now, as he was going out the door, I said, Bill, whatever you do, we see a downturn coming. Into, this was 2008 in the spring. We see a downturn coming. So all our demographic signals are pointing to that. So I'm just going to caution you. Just stay with us through the end of the year. His parting words to me were, I don't think that's going to happen. Never heard from Bill again. Um, I dare say they ditched what we did. They're probably living with their kids. Mm-hmm. They probably just erased another and a 50% loss. Now, why am I telling this story? Well, think about this. They should have adjusted the $40,000 a year. They had to curtail that when times got lean. Now, A, rule number one, don't lose those kind of losses. Don't take those kind of losses, right? Because if you lose 50%. You need to make 100% just to get back to where you started. And it gets tougher in a market that doesn't have enough consumptive spenders. And when you're withdrawing. And you're withdrawing. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, these things are compounding it. So that's why the withdrawal rate, you are actually doing something when you're drawing in a down holding. You know, so if you have a winner, you know, say you have one position, you got a thousand shares and it's worth $10,000 and you got another position that's worth 5,000, thousand shares and you need a thousand bucks. Eric, you're going to draw from the up position or the down one? Well, I'm going to draw from the up one. And why are you going to do that? Because, you know, emotionally, most people, well, I don't want to take from that. That's doing really well. The reason is, if it's worth $10,000, if I take $1,000 out, that's 10%. If I take $1,000 out of an investment that's only worth 5000 that's a 20% withdrawal rate. So even though it's the same dollar figure and that same shares, I'm, taking le- I'm doing less damage to an overall portfolio by taking from the position that's up because it's only 10% rather than 20% like the down position is. And that's what we refer to as reverse dollar cost averaging. And you can blow your portfolio up and blow up your financial plan. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, position's down and they just completely sell it. Well, in any market, if the position is sound, every, I should say this, but um, majority of the positions, they'll go through their own good times and bad times. And if it's a sound position, that position's up, the position that's up will more than likely at some point be down in the position that's down more than likely in the future will sometimes be up. But if you keep selling the one that's down, you're keep, you keep selling the loser and never giving it a chance to make the money back. Right. So I take, for example, and that's not to say we don't have down positions in our portfolios, but again, we reiterate that, you know, the, the volatility in oil right now and it being down, which is, excuse me, by, by the way, it's twofold. One of the things is that, yeah, we have an economic slowdown globally. Number two, we are producing more oil on a massive scale, unlike anything we've ever seen. America will be, is energy independent, and we will become exporters to the next rise in natural, in natural gas and oil. And as they expand those uses of natural gas, which I think I foresee, you know, that's going to be a huge boom. Mm. That's how you grow out of $20 trillion in debt, by the way. You got to get that right. And you got to get the ecological aspect right you have to you have to the regulations are already in place to make them do it right we just have to enforce it Mm -hmm. but i look at that and i say you know those two things together catching the next wave getting an x that's and that's a growth it's easier to do it in a growth cycle you know when you're in kind of a contraction mode can be an issue now here's another issue so is i i wanted to wrap on oil is affecting distorting some of our positions i know we said, hey, does anybody really think oil is going to stay down forever? I don't think so. So, you know, the number four risk is inflation or what is known as the cost of living. So 
you know, when you look at this, you know, with, if inflation runs at 3% a year, you're going to need at least twice as much in 25 years from now to maintain the same standard of living. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is your portfolio going to grow at that rate or do you have the tools in there that are going to create a durable income that are going to help you just live off of the quote-unquote interest and not eat the goose that lays the golden eggs? You know, and if you're not planning for this, you don't see this, again, get the analysis. Yep. The return, the risk-return analysis, it's complimentary. It's free. Yeah, we're not going to bug you. We just want you to see, you know, and, and if we're going to be the first ones to tell you, if, hey, you're in good shape, get a second opinion. The last one is retirement long-term uh, care, care costs. costs. Now, we've talked about this time and time again. It's been estimated that, you know, the average couple is going to need something like $321,000. I think is the number, um, and and these kind of costs because this is not paid for by Medicare or Medicaid. Mm-hmm. If you're completely bust and you meet those criteria, well, then I guess it's a different story. But for most of the listeners that we're listening, you know, talking to, you're not going to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run out of money, so therefore you got to plan. You got to figure out: Are you going to pay for this, or how are you going to pay for it? Yep. Do planning, and you and you need to do that planning while you're still healthy. You know, these, these costs, these premiums, these plans are for when you get sick, not when you are sick, you go get this coverage. You get it while you're healthy and you can still, um, you can still pass all the tests and get good rates. Now, there is certainly, and again, this is not our area of expertise. We work with partners that do this. But real quickly, traditional long-term care, you say this is use it or lose it. Don't know if I'm going to use it, but I sleep at night because I got the insurance. You know, and that's okay. We have a lot of clients that do have that. You know, you may want to fill with a gap or even have this type of coverage, which I personally bought, that is life insurance based, and then I can draw off of the death benefit if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Now, that's what I chose, and why? Because if I just die, the million dollars that I have is going to pay tax-free to my heirs. So be sure and you get on our feed because Kim's going to throw a heck of a party. I know she'll miss me, but tax-free, right? Mm -hmm. The other side is, is if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill, and this is what they call the triggers, and they usually look at activities of daily living, and all these policies are different, I'm generalizing, then I can begin to draw down, I become my own beneficiary, Eric. I can actually draw down the million dollars tax-free. So that's just a quick overview. I think lastly, create a plan. Determine how much money you're going to need in retirement to cover your lifestyle. Identify all the income sources you got and assets It's going to help you. Create a clear plan for the turning the retirement savings into cash flow to help cover those and determine the appropriate ongoing withdrawal rate. Yep. Smart planning. That's the monitoring of it. Just because your withdrawal rate is 4% today doesn't mean it's good needs or it has to be 4% in the future. It's annually monitoring it. You know, if you have any questions, please send us an email, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Or if you have a question you don't want to shoot an email, give us a call 24-7 at 513 453-9999. Request the risk-reward analysis. You want information on long-term care, we want to provide that to you. Well, thanks for joining us, Eric. It was a great show. Hopefully it was informative for you as as it was fun for us. You guys have a great Labor Day weekend. God bless you all. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense, holistic wealth management hosts, Rick Saylor and Eric Hamburg.
of your life.